Today is Tuesday, August 18th. The Baltimore Orioles drop one to the Toronto slash Buffalo Blue Jays last night. We're going to talk a little bit about the current team, who's hot and who's not, what's been going on, what do we look like. We're also going to talk about Mike Elias and his rebuilding program. And then my thoughts on robot umpires. This and more, because I just like the duck, an Orioles podcast. The Orioles lost to uh, what I am now referring to as the murder of crows, the Toronto slash Buffalo Blue Jays. And you know what? I didn't have a good feeling at all coming into this game, uh, which is disappointing because Alex Cobb pitched extraordinarily well. We're going to get a little bit to whether or not he's pitching himself off of the Orioles team here in a minute, but I just didn't like the lineup. I think that we're having some problems, obviously, with injuries. Uh, I don't understand what's going on with Jose Iglesias. Uh, you know, this quad injury, uh, can he play shortstop? Is that what's uh, really you know, causing further injury and, and further soreness? Occasionally, the skipper will have him DH, and he seems to do well there. Uh, but again, maybe it's one of those deals where we should have just put him back on the 10-day IL. Is that what's going to be needed for him to come out and be an everyday player? Uh, it's really disappointed when we sign this guy. Uh, you know, two or three million dollar contract, uh, and he's out of the lineup for so many days in a shortened 60 game season. It's also disappointing. Uh, and again, I'm not blaming any of these guys. It's, it's disappointing to see that uh, Austin Hayes is on the 10 day IL after they found that he had a cracked rib uh, being hit by a pitch. And, and again, you just saw that. You, one of the things that uh, was recently discussed in a baseball podcast that made sense to me is is some of the guys talking about when you, when you do get hit by a pitch or even when you get hit by a comeback from a pitcher perspective. Uh, you know, if, if you see the ball kind of careen off the body and still go a long ways, uh, you, know, you can tell that uh, the body really didn't absorb all of the impact. But when you see something like Austin Hayes, where it's a 95 mile per hour fastball that catches you right in the rib cage, and the ball doesn't careen off your body. It basically just plunks straight down. Your body has absorbed all of that energy. Uh, and it's going to hurt like crazy. And so, uh, unfortunate for Austin Hayes, hopefully it's just a 10-day uh, trip to the IL and he's back. But you know what? It was difficult in that we were facing a left-handed pitcher uh, from the Blue Jays and our right-handed hitters just couldn't get it done. I also didn't, I, I'm not exactly sure what our plan is with Brian Holiday as our third catcher. Uh, I, I'm not sure what the long-term value is there. Uh, you know, when we look at guys, and let's just get right into it, this idea of kind of who's hot and who's not with the Baltimore Orioles. MVP selection for the Baltimore Orioles has got to be uh, Santander. Uh, Anthony is just hitting the snot out of the ball. Uh, he's all over the place. He's driving the ball well. Opposite field. Uh, I think he leads the AL uh, in RBIs. Uh, you know, he's just so dependable. Former Rule 5 guy, um, you know, picked up by the previous front office. 
Uh, I know everybody tends to think that Mike Elias is this uh, you know, new guru. Uh, Elias had nothing to do with Anthony Santander coming in uh, and becoming an Oriole. And it was Hyde who kind of had the, the vision to give him an everyday role last year. And we're just really reaping the benefits uh, of his potential here. Humblest guy that you will meet in all of these interviews. Uh, and again, I know that he was working a lot in the offseason on his English. I have noticed that he's uh, been leaning on his translator a lot uh, you know, lately. But you know what? Humble guy, happy guy. He's always smiling. Him and Hanser Alberto always having a good time. Uh, speaking of Hanser, you know, if I were to guess right now, is he hot or not? Uh, not as hot as he's been. Uh, he's not cold by any means. Uh, but you know what? For the past couple nights, he's, he's had a few rough outings. Uh, you know, nothing spectacular from a defensive perspective. Uh, still turning the occasional double play. Uh, but just not the same kind of consistent hitter that we saw at the beginning of the year where he was getting two, three hits a ball game. He's striking out much more often. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's one of those deals where maybe Hans there needs a day off. Maybe he needs to DH one game. But uh, I think uh, hopefully that gets turned around here quickly. We're seeing something similar with Renato Nunez. Uh, and I tend to think that it might have something to do with Renato playing uh, more in the field every day. You know, be it third base or first base. And you know what? This is what I don't like. I think this is one of those times where Mike Elias says, hey, you know what? I think I might be able to get something, you know, some more... 14-year-old Venezuelan teenagers, if we trade Renato, why don't you go and play him at first base and third base so that we can kind of show off his, his range there, that he's not just a DH. And that's what really frustrates me. Again, I'm saving that for the next segment when we talk about Mike Elias and this whole rebuilding project. Uh, who else is hot? I tell you what, Alex Cobb, with the exception of that one three-run home run that really hurt us last night, looked spectacular. I think all in all, uh, our pitching performance uh, is, is looking really good. Uh, our new acquisition, our new waiver wire uh, pickup, Jorge Lopez, uh, pitched extremely well, uh, coming in for obviously a, a, a not very hot John Means, who's just had a lot of adversity uh, for the first, what, third of the season, I guess we're at right now. Uh, I think everyone expects that, that Means will, will come around, and especially right when we need him, probably the second half of the season leading into that uh, playoff push. But you know what? All of our guys uh, are, are pitching really well, especially our bullpen. You know, having guys like um, Travis Lakins and Sean Armstrong, and, and last night Dylan Tate uh, pitched extremely well. These are the guys that come in and can give you two to three innings, which I absolutely love. We need those guys who can pitch a solid two uh, and then bring in the setup guys, uh, you know, uh, the Tanner Scotts uh, of the world, the Paul Fries of the world, both, you know, two lefties. But the, the ability to bring somebody like that in and, and set up um, Cole Sulcer uh, or even Michael Gibbons. Uh, for that closer. Another setup guy would be Miguel Castro. Uh, I think he's done well so far uh, in that role. So as long as we can kind of keep going down that path, I know that we probably need a few more arms in the bullpen. We still haven't seen Hunter Harvey. Still not exactly sure what's going on with that guy. Uh, hopefully he's back to throwing some down at the Bowie uh, alternate camp, but we'll see. Uh, who else is hot? Rio Ruiz, 
uh, I would say, kind of lukewarm. Uh, you know, he, he really came out of the gate and was hitting the ball out of the park the first, you know, five, ten games. Uh, looked really good. He had a lot of good runs on defense still. You know, other than, I think it was two nights ago, had, had somewhat of a, a bad throw to first that, in my opinion, Chris Davis scoops up. Um, Renato Nunez did not, and I think cost us the game. Uh, but that's a different topic of discussion. We'll get to that more later. Um, so he, he's right there in the middle. I don't think he's uh, hot. I don't think he's not. Um, so we'll wait and see. Andrew Velasquez defensively absolutely looks hot. Uh, I tell you what, the guy is flying around. And if it wasn't for just a, a bit late on some throws by, by no fault of his, uh, just kind of, you know, the guys, you know, hustling out a single. But again, really could have kept us uh, in last night's game and, and really excited to see, hey, if Jose Iglesias isn't going to be able to play every day, I love, you know, unfortunately, Richie Martin went down early this year uh, with a broken wrist, but Andrew Velasquez. Uh, really getting out there and flashing some leather and making some plays for shortstop. Absolutely loving that. Um, and you know what? He was able to drive in a, a real nice triple the other night. Uh, so he is starting to get the ball. He's going to do you know something other than bunt. Uh, and maybe it's one of these guys that just needs some time to figure out his swing. We saw a lot of that last year with Richie Martin. So I, I really like the potential uh, that we see there. Cedric Mullins, again, he's a kid that's not going to hurt you, you know, filling in for Austin Hayes in center field. Uh, but this guy has had so many opportunities at the plate, uh, and we're still not seeing it. I'm just, uh, I'm worried about how much more time we give the guy to figure things out. But you know what? When you're shorthanded like we are right now with a couple guys down, you know, we, we, we need him out there in center field, and hopefully he can uh, put together, you know, one hit, uh, one bunt, whatever it is, get on base. Uh, he had a decent uh, at-bat where he, he pulled a walk. I'll take a walk from these guys any day of the week. Uh, so we'll see where we go there. So let's talk about this. Let's talk about Mike Elias because I am scared to death on who he's going to sell next. Uh, that and more when we come back. So I've heard a couple of the podcasts talk about uh, where are we at in the season? That we're no longer tanking for Kumar. Uh, we're, we're probably not. I, I, I think unless things really went off the rails, we're not going to get that number one overall pick. Uh, but again, we talk about this rebuilding process. And I, I feel it's one of those things that it, it, rebuilding process is easy to say. But let's talk about what it really is. Because what it really is, is selling off anybody and everybody that's of value that's decent quality on your team, that's older than the age of 25, in hopes of getting anything in return. We saw that last year with Dylan Bundy. Hell, we've even seen this with the trades of Manny Machado. John, now, again, I will say that with the Jonathan Scope trade, uh, we did get uh, at least Jonathan Villar back from that, uh, which turned out to be one of the better players uh, for the Orioles last year. But it, And then... Uh, you know, unwilling to re-sign him to a contract this year. Uh, and, of course, we see that that hurts us as uh, Villar was, you know, apt to hit a home run off of us when we did face the Marlins. Uh, so, again, not only that, the other piece that we're, that, you know, is part of this rebuilding process is losing as many games as you can because that makes it an easier job for the GM and the front office. 
You know, we tend to praise Mike Elias for drafting Adley Rutschman. But come on, is there anybody that would not have picked Adley as the number one overall pick? Uh, I don't think that we need to be heaping praise on Elias for making that pick. I tell you what, we're going to, now I say we're going to find out. We're not going to find out anytime soon. Uh, obviously, this year's draft was a bit wild in that, uh, you know, they took a strategy of not going uh, with the presumptive overall uh, number two pick, um, the, the kid out of Vanderbilt, uh, but instead um, picking up Hurston Kerstad, which was, you know, I think he was uh, projected to be somewhere in the top 10, but definitely not in the top five. Uh, now, I'd like to say we'll see how um, you know, great of a decision that was, but we're really not going to find out for several years. I think the interesting piece that really could prove to be the determining factor of Elias' success is how well it pans out with those high school guys that he needed that overslot money in order to sign. Uh, and so is that really going to be the payday that this draft brings? Because it was only... Uh, you know, a limited draft. So let's see, you know, what are the expectations of this, uh, of the draft from this year? You know, be it only five rounds, no minor league system. Uh, it is a bit crazy. But let's be honest, this whole, this whole idea of rebuilding is two things. Selling off any player of value for 14-year-old Venezuelan teenagers and losing as many games as possible to make it as easy as you can for the front office and picking up guys like Adley Rutschman. And you know what? I think it stinks. I think it's dumb. I think somehow Major League Baseball needs to fix this. I'm not sure if that involves some type of salary cap uh, situation where teams can no longer count on just buying players, buying you know the Yankees and the Dodgers and the Red Sox and whoever else. Uh, just kind of forking over as much money because I, and, and one of, I brought this up in one of my previous podcasts where uh, Peter Angelos, who's 91 years old and owns the Baltimore Orioles, if he's not willing to spend the money on a legitimate professional baseball team, then he should not be allowed to own a major league baseball team. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, you know, the last time that we were actually competitive in spending is uh, spending money, not only that, the last time that we spent uh, more money than we currently have uh, was something like 19 or 2001, I think. So it's, it's the, the amount of money that we spend is absurd. And I get it. There's been some revenue loss ever since the Nationals came to town. But hey, you know what? Uh, other teams figure that out. The Mets, albeit New York, is a much bigger market. They figured out the Anaheim Angels. Competing with the Los Angeles Dodgers, they figured it out. The Rangers and the Astros seemed to figure it out. You know, the White Sox figured it out. So you know what? If Peter Angelos can't figure out how to spend money, then I really do hope that Nashville or some other city buys our team and we're competitive again. What else were we going to talk about today? Uh, we talked about who's hot, who's not. We've talked about, uh, you know, th this whole rebuilding program and how I think it stinks uh, and really, it comes down to the fact that the team's playing well. 
Uh, we've already sold off Richard Blyer for a player to be named. Uh, I think we sold off somebody else that you know was probably going to be down in our, our buoy camp. I'm not sure if we if it was somebody that we were really going to see playing on the Orioles squad this year. I don't want us to see. I don't want us to sell anybody else. If anything, I would love to see us be buyers, which I know is not going to happen. Uh, that's just insane. Uh, but you know what? We've got two more weeks until the tread deadline. I would love to see us kind of, uh, you know, at least hold Pat because you know what? I think we have a solid team. Uh, we're pitching well. Uh, we're hitting well. We're playing well defensively. Look, we don't have the talent to win every night. Uh, like the Yankees, like the Dodgers, and hell, let's look at what the A's are doing out in Oakland. Uh, you know, uh, my buddy uh, Oakland Annie, uh, she's just ecstatic. I think, if anything, uh, the Oakland Athletics are a lock for this year's World Series with the way that they're playing right now, uh, even with uh, the five-game suspension uh, that was a Chapman that got, no, no, who, uh, that, that was handed down uh, after they had the little brouhaha. But um, you know what? I, I hope that the team stays intact. I think that these guys are playing extremely well. And again, we're going to see what comes uh, next month. But I think that we've got a real shot for the playoffs. Uh, that and my thoughts on robot umpires coming up next. Is it just me? And I, I know that it has to be with the uh, the new technology advancements with the interactive strike zone uh, and the ability to kind of trace the, the pitches thrown. And now fans are really seeing how difficult, and, and let's be honest, you know, uh, the, the job of, a, of an umpire behind the blade is absolutely, you know, near impossible. Uh, but you know what? They've been doing it for over 100 years. You call balls and you call strikes. And one of the things that I'm seeing is that they're not very good at it. Uh, at least according to the strike zone that's prevented, that's presented to us uh, via technology advancements. So as we sit there and watch the TV and we see these balls that are called strikes that are clearly out of the zone and vice versa, you know, what are we to do? And I get that there's this old school mentality against robot umpires. Uh, now, again, the idea of a robot umpire uh, is the ability... Uh, for an AI server uh, that's monitoring from a camera perspective uh, that video surveillance to be able to call within a much greater degree of certainty balls and strikes. Uh, and it could be it's sent to a buzzer in the umpire's pockets. His right pocket buzzes for a strike. His left pocket buzzes for a ball. Um, and this idea that, okay, now you don't need an umpire. That's not what this is. Uh, this is just taking away the no-swing balls and strikes. Obviously, uh, check swings will be called by an umpire. Uh, and again, backed up by the, the third base and the first base umpire. You know, additionally, uh, uh, balks still be called by the, the umpire crew. Um, you know, plays at home plate called by the umpire. But it would be nice if we had more consistency with balls and strikes. And let's think about it. We've already taken out the human element of this and a lot of other aspects of the game. You know, whether or not a guy's, you know, safe or out at first, did he beat the throw? Let's go to replay and let's find out. Why can't you do that on balls and strikes? 
Now, again, I can tell you why, because it would make the game 19 hours long. But again, if you automated that, that's out of the equation. And again, if we're doing that for plays at first, if we're doing that for, you know, did he beat the throw? Uh, did a ball, you know, get out of the park? Was it foul or not? Why can't you do that in other aspects of the game? To me, it seems ridiculous that we're not. Uh, and again, this comes from the fact that I just see some additional inconsistencies with how balls and strikes are being called. Uh, and and the, the whole idea of the purist uh, that you know doesn't want any more um, you know, replays or anything like that. Well, it's too late. Uh, we've already gone down that path. And to me, this just seems like a natural progression. And you know, something that I think would help even up the game. Uh, and these players, uh, like the Mike Trouts uh, or Aaron Judges, whoever it is that you know, get calls that other players don't, I think that's a bit ridiculous as well. Uh, and the same thing for uh, the pitchers. Uh, that Roldis Chapman is going to get a call that uh, Cole Sulcer won't. Uh, you know, that to me is completely uh, wrong. And I think that can be fixed with the implementation of robot umpires. That's it. Hey, uh, on a lasting note, I put a poll up on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're seeing a incredible performance by Pedro Severino and Chance Sisko, uh, catchers behind the plate for the Baltimore Orioles. Now, we also have Adley Rutschman, uh, the number one overall pick from 2018 draft, uh, that's kind of you know waiting in the wings uh, to be the, the switch-hitting catcher of the future. It's going to happen. I'm really hoping, and again, we'll see how much Mike uh, Elias is to his word. He mentioned that if the Orioles are in a playoff push this year, you know, there is a definite possibility that Adley would be brought up. So what to do with Chance Sisko and Pedro Severino, who are playing extremely well, calling great games, uh, you know, and uh, attributing to the team's success? My thought is one of them could play first base. Now, I still continue to believe that the Orioles right now are a better team with Chris Davis in the lineup. I will caveat that by saying with Chris Davis in the lineup when we are facing a right-handed starting pitcher. I even think Chris Davis should be brought in uh, in the later parts of an, of an inning or of a game uh, when they have brought in a right-handed uh, reliever. And the same is true with Dwight Smith out in left field. Uh, the same is true with Pat Vileka in facing a left-hander. You know, I really like the ability to bring these guys into pinch hit. Uh, but you know what? We don't need to have three catchers. And when Adley comes up, what do we do with Pedro and Chance Sisko? My, my belief is that one of them should play first base. I've got a little uh, uh, poll up on Twitter. Would love to see what you guys think. This has been I Just Like the Duck, an Orioles podcast.